Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, October 11th, 2021. Well, it's Monday, everybody. Welcome to a new week, and this is the day that the Lord has made. So let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. Let's get out there and have a great Monday. Have you heard that phrase used in that kind of way before? This is the day that the Lord has made. I can think of a bunch of songs that hit that idea. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And truly, that is something that we can and should say every day. But uh, I really want us to think about where is that verse coming from? Because the way it is used is not really what it means in its original context. It's not a verse that's really just saying, all right, it's a new day. Let's go out and enjoy it as a gift from the Lord. Now, that is true. Every day that we experience that's a new day is a gift from the Lord, and we should enjoy it as a gift from God. But what does the Bible mean when it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, let's look at the verse where it is in the Bible, Psalm 118. And we'll be looking at verses 17 through 24 today. And that verse is verse 24. Um, But really, remember, this psalm is a lot about trusting in God and deliverance. It begins just by talking about how we need to trust in the Lord uh, forever um, and how it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes all of these things. Then he talks about being surrounded and how God delivered him. And he's continuing to rejoice in that deliverance today when he says, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. So, In one sense, when he then gets to, this is the day that the Lord has made, I think there's two things that really that's getting at. And one is just this idea of deliverance, because I can expect that God is going to deliver me. Even when I'm surrounded, I can say of any day, this is the day that the Lord has made. He is in control. I can call to him. I can trust in him. So let's rejoice and be glad in it because God is a God of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. And really, I think a Christian can say that every day. But also that is based on a specific day because we see then a verse and we don't know who wrote this psalm. A lot of commentators actually start to connect this with Moses. But he says the stone in verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And so there it refers back, and that really is a prophecy that we see picked up in the New Testament. And really, whoever it is talking about, whether it's Moses or someone else, is really then a type of Christ, uh, because the New Testament applies these words to Jesus. And as it, as it does so, it says that he is the cornerstone, or really the stone that the builders rejected, that became the cornerstone. So when we read this verse, we should rightly think about Jesus Christ. Because even though he was rejected, God has made 
him the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So if really this is the day is more tied to deliverance and the expectation of deliverance, truly the ultimate way that is fulfilled in the day of deliverance that comes through Jesus Christ, where we think about what he has done and we rejoice in the deliverance that can only be found through Jesus Christ. And so today, let us say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But as we do so, let's make sure that what we mean by that is we're saying we're expecting God to deliver us today because we're looking to the ultimate day of deliverance when Christ was rejected, but then was raised and seated at the right hand of God. That's a reason we can rejoice. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And just as we think about Christ coming and him being rejected and then exalted, you know, we just finished the gospel of Luke and we see that passion account of the crucifixion of Christ, the burial of Christ and the resurrection of Christ and even the ascension of Christ. And so we rejoice in all of that. But as we finish the gospel of Luke, it's now time to start the last gospel, the gospel of John. And even just as we think about that, we can rejoice in God. And this is the day that the Lord has made. And we can read kind of a different account uh, here in the beginning of the gospel of John, as it doesn't give us, you know, the story of Bethlehem or a census or angels singing to shepherds. No, it really gives us a more theological aspect of the incarnation. And you see that as we look today at John 1, 1 through 18, in verse 14, when it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And what's the word? Well, that goes back to verse 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And there we see from the very beginning of John, I think a very clear statement of the deity of Christ. He is distinct from uh, the Father, but he is God. And so we see that there in verse one, and this word became flesh. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And what's the benefit of that? Well, obviously it leads towards his death and burial and resurrection, right? Where he is the substitute for our sins, but also he shows us something in his life. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus bore witness about him and cried out, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who's at the Father's side. He has made him known. So today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, let's rejoice and be glad because all of all we have through Jesus Christ and ultimately what he has done in being rejected and accursed on our behalf, but also just all that we see in him, the glory of God. And from Christ, there's this never ending fountain of grace upon grace. And we can trust that grace today. We can rejoice in that grace today. Now, the other chapters we're going to look at today remind us of something a little more serious, 
Um, and really the consequences of rejecting all that God offers us through Jesus Christ. Let's start in the book of Jeremiah. So we're starting two books today, John and Jeremiah. So Jeremiah is another of the major prophets. It says there that he comes from a family uh, of priests. And we see also his call to ministry in From the names of the kings and what we'll see in the book, uh, Jeremiah comes at the very end of the kingdom of Judah. So even before his time, Israel is gone. Uh, You know, the divided kingdom, the northern part has been conquered and he's going to prophesy and we'll even read in the end of Jeremiah about the destruction of Jerusalem, kind of the end of the nation of Judah. So it's going to be dark days that he is uh, ministering in, but there's a precious verse about the call of God on Jeremiah, where he says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And obviously that's speaking to Jeremiah, a specific thing that he was called to be a prophet, but it should be a precious reminder to all of us that God knew us before we were born. And God, whatever he calls us to, Uh, He will empower us to do because uh, that's what Jeremiah responds next. He says, I'm young. I'm just a youth. But the Lord said to him, do not say I am only a youth for to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you. And then God also says, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and kingdoms to pluck up and to break down and to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Now, again, we can't take all of those words in some kind of name it, claim it fashion because God is not calling you to be a prophet to the kingdom of Judah before the Babylonian captivity. Um, But we can just see and be encouraged that whatever God does call us to do, which will be something different than it was for Jeremiah, he will give us whatever we need to do that. And we can thank God for that. But then he gets more into the substance of what's going on. And really, he he describes the sin of Judah as spiritual adultery. And there's even language kind of of adultery and divorce that is that is used in the in these passages. And he's calling them to repentance. And it's amazing that he even calls them to that in verse 12 of chapter three, he says, go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return faithless Israel declares the Lord. I will not look on you in anger for I am merciful. And so there he's even speaking now to the Northern kingdom of Israel, calling them to return. And really he's calling out the the people of the Southern kingdom for their sin. And you even see a good example of, of what, Repentance can look like in verse 13, only acknowledge your guilt that you rebelled against the Lord, your God and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree and that you have not obeyed my voice. So you have to acknowledge your guilt and return to God. And again, that's a specific call to a specific people, but God is calling all people everywhere to repent. And one of my favorite pictures really of sin in the Bible and really the tragedy of sin comes in chapter two, where he says, starting in verse 12, be appalled, O heavens, at this, be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. 
And we got to realize that's what we're doing every time we sin. We're rejecting this fountain of living water for broken cisterns that can hold no water. And so even as you think about the sin in your own life, realize that's what you're doing. God is offering you something better and you're saying no to God and yes to something inferior. And I think that should affect just how we view sin in general. Sin is not something good that God is trying to keep us from. Sin is some second-rate lame thing, and God is offering us something so much better in Himself. And I hope all of us can see that. And we get a sense, really, of the seriousness of this as we finish today in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. And in these, uh, in these verses, we see uh, really just a warning again that we were called to endurance yesterday, but it it reminds us today, well, if we reject that, we're rejecting something serious. And it talks about even how terrifying and serious things were at Mount Sinai. And it's saying, no, the stakes have been raised because now we're dealing with heavenly realities, the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem in verse 22, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering. And if we reject this, if we refuse him who is speaking now, that is a dangerous thing. As it says in verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. But for those of us that have accepted Christ and are pursuing him, we can be thankful as it says in verse 28, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So let's heed that warning. But when we have heeded that warning, when we have looked to God, then we can truly say, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day of deliverance, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope that encourages you this Monday. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.